Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 119, released on November 26, 2014. And my name is Steve Eunice. I'll be joined by my good friend Scotty V in a second, but we should stay right off the top that this show is proudly supported and sponsored by Patrick O'Neill, proud supporter of the supermanhomepage.com and proud Superman fan. So we thank Patrick for his continued support. Hey, Scotty, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Thanks, Patrick. As always, I'm coming to you live with my red trunks on. <laughs> okay. Are you used to using you using some kind of a, a farewell um, thing at the end of the show? I uh, didn't know you were going to start off with one at the beginning. Well, you know how I feel about red trunks, and uh, it seems like everyone and their mother is talking about red trunks these days. So <laughs> I figure why not uh, get in on the bandwagon? Fair enough. Right off the top, why not at all? Uh, heating up here in, in Sydney, Australia, um, getting prepared for summer. It's really starting to warm up. Uh, are you uh, frozen in there? Is the I believe there's been a massive ice storms and that within the different parts of the US. Uh, how are you faring? Well, in Buffalo, uh, which is quite a ways away from me, they had snow as high as their front doors and they couldn't get outside. But um, we haven't had any snow here yet, but it was cold. The last few weeks. Uh, today, though, uh, we were up in the 50s, warm. Tomorrow is supposed to be 60. And then um, Wednesday into Thanksgiving, we're supposed to get about eight inches of snow. So we're uh, crazy weather. We're running the gambit of um, different types of weather. Yeah, well, yesterday, I'm just waiting yeah. for a rainbow and a unicorn. And <laughs> be all set. Be all set. With would the uh, unicorn be wearing a pair of red trunks? Well, why not? Who why doesn't, not? really? Exactly. Which unicorn have you seen that doesn't? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> None, actually. <laughs> Here in uh, Sydney, uh, yesterday was uh, 42, I believe, which is over 100 uh, for you guys. So very warm, very hot. sticky. Yeah, very hot. Today's uh, a little bit cooler, but not by much. So not anyway. in the summer yet. No, it's, uh, yeah, 1st of December. So a week off from... from, uh, from it was 100 summer. now, and when it's summer, it's 200. Oh. That's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll be melting for our next podcast, depending on when we do that one. But... Uh, Let's get into our discussion topics, and it's been a... We have had quite a bit for Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, in the early parts of uh, October. Uh, sorry, November. We are feel, uh, recording this at the end of November, so early November was pretty busy, and now they've started to wrap things up, started to move off to other areas, and we believe that they will be wrapping up filming... Uh, by the end of the year or before the end of the year, and uh, we'll move into post-production in 2015, uh, which seems like a long haul of uh, post-production over a year. But um, they may do pickups and things like that. But uh, what uh, did what caught your eye as far as the filming that has taken place this month? Well, I found it interesting that um, we are seeing the filming of the 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 alley and the movie theater and the Wayne's coming out and mm-hmm. uh, that that seems to be a, a really um, heavy rumor portion that we've seen a lot of pictures from and you know Zorro is going to be included for the first time or maybe it was the second time or maybe it's been included before a lot of talk back and forth about how authentic to the comics it is and I just find it strange because you know we, we we've seen it on film so many times we we just saw it again now on Gotham on television. Mm. And, and 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 this is a this is a shared movie that stemmed from Man of Steel, and then here we are apparently seeing it again. 
Yeah, I, we don't know what capacity the Wayne uh, death scene will be uh, featured, how it will be featured. It could be uh, a dream sequence. You know, Bruce Wayne could be remembering it, in a, you know, uh, having a, a nightmare. It could be a flashback to something that he's talking about. Um, we don't know if it will necessarily be used in like a continuity-based way as far as, you know, telling the origin story. It could just be uh, something like a flashback or, a, a, you know, a nightmare of some kind that he's thinking about. So, uh, but it is interesting that they are filming that. And as you said, they're using the, the mark of Zorro and um, what was the other movie that was on the billboard there as they're coming out of the, um, the theatre, uh, out of the cinema. Um, Excalibur, I think it was. Oh, yes, and, yes. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's, you know, we're seeing these things. They're obviously filming on locations and people being able to get photos and video of them um, from wherever they're standing. It's, they're not really keeping a lot of it secret, are they? No, you know, I think it'd be really interesting if it was, like, not a Batman-Superman movie at all, but maybe, right. like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Owlman Owl Man and Ultraman or something like that. And, and, uh, and they were surprising us with a movie no one expected because it just kind of hired Henry Cavill and, and Ben Affleck to pretend they were playing Superman right. and Batman just so that people thought that that was what was going on. And you know, what a what a crazy uh, twist that would be. Huh? Oh, I that would be a very costly um, prank to play on everyone. But... Uh, so that's well, spoiler alert. That's spoiler what's alert. really happening. That's, yes, we know, we've got the scoop right here. Uh, we also saw them filming um, just to get away from the Batman side of things, although not necessarily to a great extent. Uh, they were filming at the Kent Farm uh, location in Yorkville, Illinois, uh, and a Smallville Cemetery uh, also it, uh, nearby in the same location. Uh, they were there for like a max maximum of three days. Yet they've been building and rebuilding the house and reconstructing it from the Man of Steel set that uh, had been pulled down when they finished filming that. For over a year, they've been reconstructing that and getting that ready, and then they were there for all of three days. Well, it probably got destroyed again <laughs> when uh, when Batman beat up Superman in this movie. Right. You're really giving out all the spoilers, aren't you? Well, you know, I, I try not to, but I'm just, they're so exciting and I can't hold back. Uh, it's interesting to see, of course, Bruce Wayne being at the Smallville Cemetery. There's been a lot of speculation mm -hmm. as to why he's there, what the deal is. Of course, I guess the uh, most popular theory is that he's figured out who Superman is and that he's there investigating Clark much in the way that Lois was there in Man of Steel. Mm. Uh, there's also speculation or word that uh, both Lois Lane and Perry White were also at the Smallville Cemetery. I haven't seen confirmation of that as far as photos are concerned, uh, which has led to further speculation about, well, is there a, you know, they're obviously we're filming some kind of a uh, funeral scene there. Uh, we've seen cars and, and people dressed in black and all those kinds of things. I, I, who's going to die? Is it Martha? Or I think uh, Michael Bailey was speculating, maybe we see the death of Clark Kent. Oh, boy, that would be... Uh... That would be quite interesting if that was something like that. I don't know why that would be, but um, I mean, we don't even know of a Clark Kent yet in terms of uh, yeah, wor worldly, you know, as far as people going, well, we got to kill Clark Kent now because it's just too dangerous to keep him around. No one even knows where who he is other than mm. some people in Smallville. So that would be kind of a weird thing. I mean, I loved uh, that storyline from the comics, The yeah. Death of Clark Kent, which uh, I think uh, Michael Bailey and I have talked about before and uh, some of those 
later nineties story runs were, were with some of our favorites, Michael Bailey and I, and a lot of people give doomsday and that kind of thing a hard time, but it's what got me into comics. And, and then after that, they were trying, I believe they were trying to top that, uh, with levels of drama with things like the death of Clark Kent, which I really found emotional and stirring and dramatic, but to do it now in in the movies would seems odd to me because it's not as you say he hasn't even been established as a character yet Mm, so we don't know if that is the case i would hate to see martha die already within this next film that would be a shame um but you know obviously jonathan died and in a lot of different comic book stories both of the kents are dead uh as superman continues on in his adventures but um that may be a possibility it may be somebody else within smallville i don't know what the case may be but uh speculation is rife and everyone's kind of trying to think of what it might be or who it might be that is uh there uh in the uh well in the coffin i guess i wasn't uh, I, don't, I wasn't aware that there was actually a funeral taking place uh in the smallville cemetery i i guess i missed that one but uh, i did see that bruce wayne was spotted there or ben affleck was being filmed there so i just thought it was a quiet kind of investigation scene but mm, i thought i did uh, see some photos of like a gathering there people in you know suits and black clothing and um wasn't there a wayne cemetery uh not wayne cemetery yeah, gotham there was, cemetery there was a, a separate one yeah so there's a few cemeteries in this movie i hope it's not too dark and gloomy well you know um speaking of cemeteries and death i guess uh there was the idea that uh, someone very important might die in this movie. And obviously to Superman fans, Martha and Jonathan are important. But uh, I guess I mean to the world uh, and and specifically to the United States. Yeah, we uh, did get our own major scoop. And it is a bit of a spoiler. So if you are trying to remain uh, somewhat spoiler free, you might want to skip ahead to the uh, next chapter of this uh, podcast. But um, we did find out from... Uh, someone who was working as an extra on the film that supposedly the president of the United States of America dies and that there is some kind of a march, a, um, I don't want to call it a parade, but a tribute um, where you know people are paying their respects to the death, for the death of the, uh, the president. Uh, very interesting indeed. Well, you know, it might... Uh, that might be some reasoning as to why we get we're getting all these Washington D.C. Uh, vehicles and 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 filming near you know the Capitol and that kind of thing. Uh, it would certainly explain why Washington D.C. was such an important part of filming on yeah. this movie when when Gotham and obviously Metropolis and Smallville are uh, what you would expect to see and we have seen plenty of that but uh, also hearing about people being hired in the Washington DC area and and the the, the logos of of Washington being on different vehicles and things so there's obviously something important going on there Um, my thinking was that somebody was speaking in front of uh, an assembly of some kind Mm -hmm. and and perhaps Superman was there to uh, account for what some may think are his actions or ill-advised actions in Man of Steel or something like that. But all of this is just ideas that we have based on pictures that we see. And now we have this from someone who was supposedly an extra, who, of course, would then be liable to have broken whatever uh, contracts they sign that tells them that they're not allowed to speak about things that they learned about on set. 
And of course, uh, there have been violations before and on, on other movies, and people find out spoilers very often from insiders on set who often turn out to be extras. Or this could, of course, be somebody saying something that he's unsure of. Yeah, well, and there are uh, there is speculation out there as well that sometimes extras are told that the way they should act or the what they should the mannerisms they should be uh, putting forward are. Uh, to act as if someone important like the president has died, and that way the you know the movie makers don't give away who's the actual person that has died, but the extras are reacting in a way that represents the nest you know the necessary emotions and that uh, of you know the scene that they are actually filming. So sometimes it's a ploy used. Um, so you know again we can only uh, report on what we've been told. Um, but uh, you know you have to wait till the movie gets uh, released to to find out for sure. That's right, and we're getting closer and closer. Well, pretty soon we'll only be a year away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, elsewhere, after they moved out from Yorkville, Illinois, they headed to uh, nearby Chicago, Illinois, where we know Chicago has been used uh, for Man of Steel to double as Metropolis and specifically the Daily Planet location. We saw uh, great scenes of Henry Cavill in the Superman costume, uh, both with and without the cape, sometimes on foot on the ground, sometimes suspended in the air uh, using wires uh, to you know, portray him flying. Uh, we also saw Amy Adams there on location doing different things, you know, running for a taxi, uh, coming, talking to Superman, being held by Superman, sharing a kiss with Superman. We saw lots of different things there. And again, uh, people who were nearby were able to capture those both in photos and video. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of um, apparent non-security that there is when they're doing these this, this filming. Uh, I mean, almost every time they're filming, it seems like we get photos and video. I think Henry looks great in those shots. You know, it reminds me of the uh, article that came out not too long ago uh, where Michael Shannon was saying it was very difficult to portray flying on yeah. wires. You know, it required a lot of muscle strength and a lot of um, discipline, and, and you needed to, you know, use your whole body to make it look like it. Otherwise, you'd kind of just look like you were um, hang, hanging there, and, and you had, you know, you have to hold up parts of your body that yeah. you wouldn't ever normally hold up at any point so it was it took a lot of training and it was very you know to look graceful and to look strong and to look uh, powerful and impressive which i think henry does even on these shots where the wires haven't yet been removed and they're they're obviously not quite finished um i think he's doing a great job and you know they'll add the cape in and in post-production and, and it's going to look fantastic and those types of photos and those types of ideas and that line of thinking gets me a little more optimistic about the possibility that uh, Superman won't be um, second fiddle and won't be made to look uh, like someone who can't hold himself against a guy in a bat suit. That uh, those kind of photos where it really still looks like the filmmakers are treating Superman with reverence get me more hopeful than I have been in a while. Yeah, and there was an excellent podcast. Um trying to think of uh, the name of the podcast that uh, recently uh, dealt with some of those fears that you've specifically been mentioning as far as, um, you know, the way Superman will be treated in this, um, the whole idea of, you know, um, the Dark Knight Returns being uh, inspiration for the Batman side of things, hopefully not for the Superman side of things. The uh, Mosaic podcast, which stands for Man of Still Answers Insight 
insight commentary. Um, episode eight dealt with uh, Zack Snyder's comments in different interviews over the last couple of years about his uh, love for Superman and his approach to Man of Steel and uh, whether he's adapting The Dark Knight Returns and uh, you know whether Batman could beat Superman, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was well worth listening to. I think you commented on it when we posted the announcement on the Superman homepage. Yeah, so I've covered a lot of those um, Topics, stories yeah. myself, a lot of those mentions that he made, a lot of those comments that he's made over the years. and A lot of times I've covered it from a standpoint of he's backpedaling because look how he said this then, but now he's acting this way now. Um, and that may not be true or it may, you know, it's, it may be, as I've said many times, what is he supposed to say? I mean, he's not going to come out and say, I hate Superman. I know I'm making a Superman movie, but I don't have any, you know, so he obviously, when he gets hired for a job has to have enthusiasm about that job and he has to market it in such a way that people that want to see a Superman movie or might not want to see one still want to. So, I can't. I don't know that I can put a ton of stock in what he said or what he has said, but I was very excited by those types of comments when I was waiting for Man of Steel to be released, and I was not let down when I saw Man of Steel. Uh, there are things uh, that people are annoyed about or people didn't like or people wish were different, which I think you can say about any film. And uh, we'll see what happens with uh, BVS, but... Um, I'm I'm getting a little more hopeful, not because of those remarks, because I didn't forget about them. I knew that he made them, Um, but more so because of certain things I'm seeing. You know, it's been mostly Batman stuff, and the Internet's been mostly on fire because of the whole Ben Affleck thing. Uh, But when I see those pictures, as I said, with the showing the majesty of him just kind of flying there, uh, you know, hovering kind of effortlessly, but looking very regal, uh, that that gives me hope. Which so so I, I think um, you know those guys are are making good points in terms of the way he acted before, mm-hmm. but that still doesn't necessarily mean because suddenly he you know it was kind of a joke. Batman in a Superman movie uh, standing up to super that's just that's just silly. That's the kind of things he was saying before. Right. But when you're making this movie now, where Batman does need to be included, you also can't really come out and say those things that you said before because then that would make you look like you weren't then a batman fan and then people who want to see a movie with both of these characters then go well it's clear that he's a superman fan so what's he going to do to batman so we're kind of he's i think he's on a on a tightrope and he's kind of he's got to got to kind of play both sides right. so it's hard to tell where his real feelings are obviously the bosses are the people who hired him so it's really what they want but we'll see what they, if what they want and what he said before still holds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, proof will be in the pudding, as they say. Uh, beyond that, uh, after they've, uh, well, while they were in Chicago, they were also uh, headed off the Navy Pier in Chicago onto Lake Michigan via a large ferry. Uh, the cast and crew went on board. We uh, know that Ben Affleck was on board that ferry, dressed in the now familiar blue shirt and vest. Uh, the business attire we've seen him in uh, filming. Uh, we saw a scene of him saving a little girl amongst rubble and stuff a couple of months ago. It's the same outfit that he's wearing, so I'm assuming it's on the same day. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne doesn't really have that much money if he's just wearing the same clothes every day. Maybe he just likes them so much. That, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like got Charlie a, Brown, he opens up a cabinet and, uh, 17 different and there's 5,000 different of the same <laughs> suit in there <laughs> that's what i was thinking when i see all these figures but amy adams is also seen in the same outfit that she wore in man of steel 
um, that she was on all the covers of the magazines in, oh, okay. in shots for this new movie. Right. So uh, apparently they all like to go back to their, uh, you know, either that or we're in a Bruce Tim cartoon where <laughs> all the characters wear the same outfit every single episode. Oh, we're going back to the days of the George Reeves TV show where they just had them wearing the same costume so they could just cut back to that same uh, scene of him running down the alleyway to rip open <laughs> his shirt. Uh, because... Well, a gray suit with that hat. I yeah. mean, it could be nine different gray suits, but, uh, you know, it's a little different nowadays where people are, uh, you know, really kind of fashion conscious, I guess, yeah. especially a Lois Lane character right. or someone who uh, was a rich businessman and, and, and fancy Armani suits. He'd at least have different color shirt on underneath the suit. So uh, it's I'm guessing that a lot of this movie is going to take place around the same 24 to 48 hour period yeah. based on these costumes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's what they were doing off uh, Lake Michigan on a ferry. And the only other thing as far as the filming is concerned is we do know, uh, I think it was Variety who confirmed that Zack Snyder is filming this movie using IMAX cameras. Yes, I'm very excited about that because, um, you know, I saw Man of Steel in the theaters, I think, four times. And uh, the fourth time I saw it, I saw it on IMAX 3D. And the 3D wasn't particularly impressive, but the IMAX format just really made the movie a much more immersive experience. The sound is spectacular in IMAX. Uh, you, you don't get better sound. You know, people say, well, I go to the movies and spend so much extra money when movies come out four months later and you can watch them at home in the comfort of your own couch and, and uh, you can have a sound system at home and you got a big TV, but you'll never get the uh, type of sound that you get in, in the IMAX theater at home. Um, and, you know, unless you're Bruce Wayne rich, that you can have your own type of theater. But uh, it's really incredible. So knowing that it's actually being shot in IMAX and, you know, lots of movies now, especially big blockbusters and cartoons, are turned into 3D spectacles because they can get extra money but aren't necessarily made that way. And so I'm not it doesn't say 3D on this release, but at least it's that it's being shot with the IMAX cameras mm. uh, and not being transferred after the fact is going to make it all all the better to watch on that big IMAX screen. Yeah, Man of Steel showed in IMAX uh, theatres, but it uh, wasn't shot with the IMAX camera, and uh, we don't know about the 3D aspect of it, uh, but um, it's, you know, but using those IMAX cameras means it will be larger than life when you uh, go see it on the big or big, 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 big screen, uh, depending on where you see it. So looking forward to that. Um, I guess the only other thing in regards to Batman v Superman that needs to be mentioned is Hans Zimmer's comments. Uh, what did you make of those? Well, it's kind of it's interesting, and it, it, but it also makes sense. You know, the guy already did three movies uh, about Batman, mm. and it was kind of a very moody um, character in and of itself. The music, and right. uh, so to try and come in here now and create something completely different, not only is it very tasking, which I'm sure his job is anyway, but it's also like it's trying to repeat something that I've already done. Mm. Uh, and, and it's going to be very difficult for me to not necessarily top it, but at least to equal it or to even get the, the sound of what I had of Batman in my head. So I could, I could see him kind of sitting there going, now what do I do? You know, yeah. I got this other song playing in my head and I'm trying to write something new that has its own feeling or whatever. And I, I think based on the sound and even based on the soundtrack to Man of Steel, which I like, um, he seems more attuned to a Batman type character and mood, but he's already done that. So 
he wants to continue on the line he was on with Man of Steel and the same character with Henry Cavill Superman. And I think it's a little too much for him to say, I'm also going to do Batman when I've already done that. And I already have such a cemented feel of what that was. Yeah, his, uh, his comment was uh, that uh, in an interview with comicbookresources.com that uh, he agonized over what to do. And then finally he went... Uh, to Zack Snyder, um, feeling like he didn't want to portray what had already been done, as you say, on the Dark Knight films. And he uh, asked if uh, Zack would be open to the idea of bringing in Junkie XL, who also worked on Man of Steel, I believe, in some capacity with the drummers and things. Um, And he will be doing the Batman side of things, while uh, Hans Zimmer will continue on with the Superman side of things. So it'll be interesting to see how those two styles marry up uh, in this movie. Well, the thing about Junkie XL being involved is that uh, I remember watching the uh, kind of behind-the-scenes yeah. thing on getting all the drummers together and, and making that main theme for Man of Steel, and that's the one uh, where he's flying into the clouds and those drums are you know playing very heavily, and it's the, the, the kind of um, uh, that heavy beat that, that you know, people started to associate with being the new way we were going to hear Superman now uh, because you can't really replace the John Williams thing, but you're trying to do something really exciting and exhilarating. And that was, Mm -hmm. and now you got, uh, the the guy who wrote the music from man of steel doing the Superman part of a Superman and Batman movie. And the guy who performed in the, the compositions that the guy who wrote the music for man of steel wrote, uh, doing the Batman side. So you got to wonder if, is that going to be really heavily drum influenced? And then is that going to start to bleed over? And then are we not going to really be able to differentiate um, whose theme is whose or where we're, what we're listening to or how similar it's going to sound? So it was interesting. I thought that Hans Zimmer actually recommended he do it separately because Junkie XL worked with him mm. on the other stuff. And now he's going to have him do the, the, the Batman stuff on his own. So, you would almost, I would have expected him to recommend somebody else. Right, something because, entirely because different. Because you're trying to get a different sound than what you had on The Dark Knight, but now you're going to have a similar sound to what you had on Man of Steel on Batman's side of the new movie. So I'm not I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll think of another thing that's interesting to wait and listen for. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, that's pretty much all we have for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. As I say, they're wrapping up. Things are now currently... As we record this uh, in New Mexico, we know that Henry Cavill is there. We've seen some fan photos with him with his uh, now um, signature beanie that he's been wearing uh, around and about the places that he's been having coffee or dinner or wherever he is at night, um, taking photos with fans. And he always seems to have time to take photos with fans, which is really great. Uh, So they are in New Mexico. We do know that from earlier shots and earlier reports that they're building some kind of massive... Uh, fortress type um, location shoot out there. Um, you know, many people speculating about it being Themyscira uh, to do heavily with Wonder Woman. Uh, we do know that Superman is there or Clark Kent is there because Henry's there. Uh, but beyond that, uh, it's a pretty remote location, so we're not getting the kind of insight as we did in Chicago and in Detroit uh, that uh, you know with fan photos and things. Of course, there is just nobody out there. Take that, spoiler thieves. Yes. Try and get us now. Uh, they're out there. They're making some excitement. Uh, I, I'm wondering because I'm not sure I'm not sure the influence Wonder Woman's going to have in this movie. 
if it's possible that uh, we might not even see Themyscira. And this is like a... You remember when the new Fortress of Solitude was like in the Amazon? And yes. it was, uh, uh, you know, built out of an old Amazon temple uh, uh, that was in the forest somewhere. Uh, I wonder if, if, it's, if it's at all possible that this could be like, in, like a, a, a Superman hideaway that's influenced by um, that kind of idea from the comics. Mm, interesting. I uh, hadn't thought of that. Um, we do know that there is no longer a scout ship in the Arc- Antarctic or Arctic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, for him to uh, go to, um, so I don't know. Um, that's a very interesting thought, but I, I doubt it somehow because it just doesn't look Kryptonian. But um, it's a possibility, I guess. Well, that didn't look Kryptonian when he was in that. You know, that, that looked very earthly, and it was you know based on. The, I think it was actually built into a temple that was already there. Right. But yes. uh, it it's interesting that Cavill has been seen on site, and and he's in that area now. If he were investigating. Um, Diana, or found out that there was this Amazonian island that no one knew about, or whatever. Yeah, uh, it could very well be the reason he's there. The other thing I wanted to mention was, it's always interesting how um, oftentimes when men start losing their hair, they begin wearing beanies to cover that up. <laughs> yeah, Henry does look like he's going a little bit receding on the sides, but uh, it may just be to uh, I don't know protect his hair. <laughs> maybe he's cold. Uh, yeah, it could anything. be. But uh, as for where the location, just because it looks like uh, it's out in New Mexico, or we know they're out in New Mexico, um, it could definitely you know, double as an island. Um, we don't know how they will shoot it or from what angles. And so, you know, it could uh, easily be an island. I remember they filmed um, in, for Superman Returns uh, at Narrabeen Beach here in Sydney uh, for that last Lex Luthor um, location where you know the helicopter crash landed on that mini island, um, and um, you know they obviously made it look like some desert island, although it was a pretty popular beach area uh, in the Sydney location. So uh, movie magic, they can do anything these days. Oh yeah, I mean there's so much after uh, after production that anything can be made to be anything. You yeah. know, uh, someone uh, someone barked at me on one of my great Scots when I was talking about the new Krypton series that's been proposed. And, and, and I was saying that it will require a lot of um, set changes, you know, different set designs and, uh, you know, to, to be the labs or, 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 or the grounds on Krypton, whatever it is they're going to make. And someone said, what do you mean? They'll just film on a blue screen and, uh, and, and add everything in CGI. They could, but if they do, that'll still be expensive. I was just, you're talking about from a TV point of view, mm. you know, when you can normally film inside a, house or you know at a school or wherever it is you're at on krypton those places won't work because they don't look you know if you go well we're going to go to the university on krypton and it looks like a local university from earth it's not going to work so what i was saying was that they're going to have to design these things from scratch much like uh, they're kind of going to have to do with themascara but if they can find a location you know since since themascara is based in Greek mythology, and it, it looks very, uh, you know, with the columns and the Colosseum type areas and the, and the large hills with uh, arched buildings on top of them and, and the city of the gods type of thing. Yeah. There are places like that that can possibly pass for that on mm-hmm. Earth, but Krypton is a futuristic society that has a very different look yeah. from anything you could film at on Earth. So uh, that's that's really what I meant by that. But mm-hmm. But he's right in that 
you can make anything anything with uh, with CGI if they have the budget for it. And on a big movie, they often do. I'm not sure about a, a TV show. Nah, exactly. Well, speaking about TV shows, um, we recently saw the Batman beleaguered uh, animated DC Lego thing that uh, they put on Cartoon Network this past month. I actually just saw it myself on Cartoon Network here in Australia the other day. And that kind of leads into the next DVD Blu-ray release that uh, DC Comics are doing with the Lego people, uh, a special called Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League vs. Bizarro League. Now, this will be released on February 10th, 2015, uh, as I said, on Blu-ray and DVD. And it sees the the Justice League go up against the uh, clumsy... Bizarro League, uh, obviously Bizarro's creation of a Bizarro League uh, creates confusion amongst the world's greatest superheroes, but an even larger and mysterious threat may force the Justice League and Bizarro League to band together to defeat evil. Looks interesting. It's always fun to defeat evil together, (laughs) especially when you're with a Bizarro League, a league that's much like your own league, only more bizarre. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I love these Lego animation things. Um, obviously, it's been very Batman-centric for a while now. Um, and, you know, the most recent versions of this have had um, Batman, Superman and you know, Batman together and then the other Justice League members. Uh, Superman was pretty heavily involved in the recent one, as I said, Batman Beleaguered, where Superman was trying to get Batman to join the Justice League. And by the end of it, Batman decides that, yes... He will join them, and this is then obviously the next step in that, where they create Justice League animated movies using those Lego DC characters, and um, it's you know it's a lot of fun. I think it's you know it's only um, there are only short animations. I don't know how long this one, what the running time on this one is, but um, always fun to to see the characters done in a more kid friendly manner. Yeah, I mean it's definitely good for the kids. I. Uh... I've said for a while, especially when it comes to Superman and other members of the Justice League, there really isn't any representation for kids. You know, Man of Steel, if the kids are old enough, it could could still be a movie that, that you can go to them with and, and or, or show them at home and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, and enjoy together. But it's, it's a much more adult, kind of darker uh, take on the character. But, it's, but in terms of the toy aisle or in terms of, I don't believe the Man of Steel toys sold that well. I think they made a lot of them. And I think most of them um, are now re- relegated to places like Ollie's, which is a, uh, a discount outlet store that, right. that unsold product ends up at so that they can sell it for something, but they sell it for much less. And, and, uh, and, and the thing is, you know, you, you go down a Toys R Us aisle and there's an entire Spider-Man aisle. Mm-hmm. There's an entire Batman aisle. Uh, and kids love Spider-Man. You know, I think, um, I think there was a, a recent survey done where Spider-Man who leaps and bounds above any other hero, even Batman, uh, for kids uh, in terms of who they recognize and who they know and who they love and who they want. And I love Spider-Man, but that's a little disheartening as a Superman fan. I, 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 I remember when little kids wanted to be Superman. I remember mm-hmm. when they would wear T-shirts and, and when it was a big deal. I remember you know, being told when I was a kid how, how I was so impressed by Superman and how that was my thing and how it stuck with me all these years. Um, it had such an impression on me, and now there just is no way that kids can really uh, enjoy Superman unless parents 
who loved him growing up can force it on their kids. And, and then sometimes that's difficult to do. But Marvel definitely has that presence in, in cartoons on TV. There's so many animated series on that have Avengers and Spider-Man and uh, other Marvel characters, but not a lot other than Batman of the uh, DC characters. And, and I really think Superman needs that kind of representation. And, and perhaps since all the kids are into these Batman Lego movies, introducing all the other members of the justice league and having them become more and more important will help to spin off other films for them in that Lego universe, which really is for kids. And then hopefully get some of these kids liking those heroes as well. That's, that's really the best part of this for me. I mean, I've only seen the actual Lego movie. I haven't seen any of the other uh, Batman Lego or, or or any other Lego movies that have been out, and Superman had a very minor and also unbelievable role uh, in terms of being taken out so easily and just being kind of a kind of a joke in the movie, which is also not good, but it still at least gives him a presence in the film. Uh, I actually lied; I actually did see some of the Batman. Uh, I think it was Batman Two, the one that came with the Clark Kent figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I purposely got that because it had the Clark Kent figure and I, I never watched the end of it because I started to get annoyed uh, <laughs> when uh, Batman needed to save him from the crashing plane at the end. But, uh, uh, oh, well, we're in a Batman world. What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, Batman Beleaguered TV special is also included on this Blu-ray DVD combo pack that uh, will be released in uh, February, on February 10th, as is a Bizarro featurette. Uh, these featurettes are always great. This one says, One part oddity, one part comedic curiosity. Bizarro is a favourite among the characters within Superman's universe. Take a look, the Man of Steel's potent backwards nemesis. So uh, great to see that uh, Bizarro will be featured in a uh, special featurette on this DVD Blu-ray combo pack, as will uh, a bloopers reel. I always love animated bloopers. I think they're so funny. (laughs) It is funny because obviously we know what, they really are, but yeah. uh, it's neat to think of these animated characters that Flunk would only exist making mistakes if someone drew them and then wrote mistakes in for them to actually say, but it's, it's still very funny to see. Yeah, exactly. So as I said, uh, it's called Lego DC Comics Superheroes Justice League versus Bizarro League, and it's released on February 10th next year. Uh, so check that out at the Superman homepage online store. Okay, uh, the only other TV news, and we don't usually have much TV news, but we are in an era where there are lots of DC Comics TV shows happening. Uh, obviously, The Flash, uh, Green Arrow, or Arrow as it's called, uh, Constantine. Uh, there's uh, all th- kinds of things happening. And we know awesome. that Gotham, yes, of course. We know that they are working on a Supergirl TV series, and we've got some further character details about uh, some of the supporting cast that will be seen in this live-action Supergirl TV series, uh, namely Cat Grant, Jimmy Olsen, Winslow Shot, and Hank Henshaw. What did you make of these descriptions, Scotty? Well, it was very exciting to see Jimmy Olsen getting some due. i got to say yes. that... Uh, the Jimmy Olsen on Smallville was just a weird. It was a whole weird situation yes. going on there. It wasn't really Jimmy, but maybe it was Jimmy or it wasn't Jimmy. And of course, he was Clark's age, so it was a very weird kind of thing all around. Uh, but this it, really neat, you know. Jimmy isn't necessarily a Supergirl character, but can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like uh, that they're going comic book and, and casting some of these characters. And, of course, Winslow Shot, the Toy Man, we've seen him on Smallville. We've seen him on um, Lois and Clark. And he's been in some of the animated uh, uh, 
things that they've offered up to us. But uh, it'll be interesting to see the way they go. My guess is with them being younger and being uh, hipper and good looking as most of these superhero shows make everybody, uh, that these will be young college aged, supergirl aged characters that are easy on the eyes and uh, somehow end up uh, whatever they end up as if, if Winslow becomes evil and the toy man eventually or if he's going to someday we'll kind of get hints of that or, or he'll just be this great guy that everybody loves right now and and uh, and this good looking as I say college age type and then you got Hank Henshaw who uh, Superman fans will know was the original a cyborg Superman when uh, he used to be an astronaut and then he ended up blaming Superman for the disaster and, and this take i guess he's going to be uh, an fbi agent cia agent cia cia agent who i'm guessing is investigating uh, supergirl occurrences and and alien the alien threat in general and uh also will probably be very young and um uh, maybe even a romantic interest for uh somebody important on the show yeah we uh have the descriptions here uh cat grant the uh, the project is eyeing females in their early 40s, or in their 40s, open ethnicity to play the founder of Catco, a media conglomerate that Cat built from the ground up. Kara, Supergirl's mild-mannered alter ego, will work as a personal assistant to Cat, who was described as J-Lo by way of Anna Vin- Wintour. Wintour. Cat. I don't know who that is, no. but okay. Okay, and uh, then Jimmy Olsen, or James Olsen, is in his late 20s, early 30s, open ethnicity. James is a smart, worldly, and duh, attractive photographer for Catco. Though an alpha male, his salt-of-the-earth nature elicits a huge old crush from Kara. Alpha male. Now, what's strange about that is I never would have thought of um, Jimmy Olsen as an alpha male. Well, he has uh, been uh, Mr. Action in his own comic books where he's, you know, been true. pretty... Uh, pretty out there as far as having his own adventures are concerned but uh yeah well you know well, they always have different takes on characters and as you say winslow or Winshot, uh this 20 something tech whiz comic con stalwart <laughs> toils for catco as a programmer unaware of his own in brackets or in parentheses toying potential unaware of her secret he carries a torch for kara whom he lives next door to so there seems a lot of people people who are having crushes or whatever on each other, a bit of a triangle there, Jimmy and Kara and Winslow and Kat. And, and as you say, Hank Henshaw, uh, an upstart CIA agent, uh, Hank Henshaw grew obsessed with intergalactic intel, now in his early 40s or in his 40s and lording over the DEO, Department of Extra Normal Operations. He is on high alert when Supergirl reveals herself, worried that her otherworldly abilities poses a threat to humankind. Look at me. I'm clearly way wrong because she got Cat in her 40s and you got Hank Henshaw in his 40s. Yeah. I thought Upstart Manny was like 18, you know, just out of the <laughs> uh, whatever school they go to to become CIA agent, agents. Uh, listen, I don't have any uh, intel. I, I, have, I have no idea. I thought uh, for sure this was going to be like a, a CW take on who, who Supergirl and her supporting cast might be. But, um, you know, uh, at least it's going for a little more. By way of those descriptions, it sounds like they might be going for a little more uh, of a realistic kind of, you know, to be an important CIA agent. And oftentimes on these um, superhero shows, they don't seem to care about that. But to be someone that has any kind of status and has gotten somewhere in life, you do need to be uh, a little older, you know. Uh, So so it kind of makes sense that someone that built a media conglomerate might be in their 40s, although – a lot of these Facebook people and people who build internet companies are in their twenties, but and more importantly, uh, 
a field agent for the CIA that, that has any kind of pull should probably be a little older, which is great news for me because if anyone uh, that's listening or has any idea uh, of how to contact somebody that might be able to cast someone that's, you know, around 40, just somewhere near that age uh i'm acting and i'm uh, i'm ready i think i'd be a perfect hank henshaw please. yeah we should just start calling you hank from now on i think you're a shoo-in. yeah i mean if you call me hank they'll just go well why should we cast anybody else they actually got a guy named hank so i'm good i'm in good i'm a go. shoo-in that's it so uh the supergirl pilot uh penned by ali adler and greg belanti uh, both of whom will be executive producers alongside sarah schnecter or schecter greg. Greg, Greg, give me a call. I'm out here. <laughs> I've got him on Twitter if you want. Uh, we, you should contact him. Um, we probably should. Yes. So uh, that's what's happening with the Supergirl TV series as far as other characters are concerned. We spoke about Kara and her adopted sister or her, uh, not adopted, um, uh, what I call a foster sister, I guess, is uh, yeah. what we uh, know of, uh, which we spoke about last month. So... That is where we're at with the movies and TV. Uh, let's move into our comic book discussions. Mm, you got something big coming up, I think, from DC in a few months, huh? Yes, Convergence, and it's Ooh. really, really made its uh, like its stamp on everyone's you know consciousness because of this image that they released of pre New Fifty Two Superman, Superman with his red trunks, uh, kissing and hugging Lois Lane, who is with child. Yeah, who of course was impregnated by someone else. You know, she was doing a little uh, outside uh, business, and uh, Superman still loves her. So uh, we see that we uh, even in that. even in other universes, Superman is very forgiving to people. <laughs> uh, yes, we don't know that. Um, no, but it's very, very likely. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go, people. That's exactly. Uh, well, no, it's not because the actual description for Superman in this convergence release that we've heard about says Superman and Lois deal with the impending birth of their child as oh. he's called in to protect the city. Oh, well, so, he's just going to adopt it and take it in as his own because right. he loves Lois so right. much. Okay. Yeah. Well, it does raise a very interesting point about how can Kryptonians and uh, Earthlings um, procreate uh, if they're of different species just because we look alike doesn't necessarily mean that um, they're compatible uh, on a DNA level, but uh, it is a comic book. That is true. You know, uh, truth is, based on what we know of science, uh, we wouldn't be compatible. But uh, that's okay. As you say, it is a comic book. Uh, someone came out recently with a little interview thing where uh, I forget who it was. It was one of the writers or, or, or producers or somebody in, in D.C. and saying that, uh, he thought it was absurd that people would even question that uh, that uh, you know Lois and Clark could have a baby together because they're 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 pretty much uh, Kryptonians are pretty much humans they're just from a different planet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to refer to the uh, what was it a uh, comic strip about um, bit uh, bit uh, more adult orientated comic strip about Lois seeing Superman's parts for the first time. Oh no! I, uh, <laughs> have you seen that one? I don't. I don't believe that I have. But oh. you and I, we don't troll the same circles. Steve. <laughs> Obviously uh, not. You know uh, what you enjoy at home on your uh, <laughs> iPad is for you and you alone. It doesn't leave the house. You know. Okay. We're, no one's listening to this anyway, so let's move. That, on. that's true. Okay. Uh, Convergence is um, a, a big event. It's. Uh, it begins in April on April first with a zero issue and ends with issue eight on May twenty seventh. 
as well as 40 brand new two-part miniseries to be published through April and May. Uh, there will be uh, 10 new titles scheduled to go on sale. Um, the first uh, first week we had, um, let me just grab quickly, get to the announcement that we posted. Um, first week we had Superman, which as I said, Superman and Lois deal with the impending birth of their child as he's called in to protect the city. And then there was a Justice League, which is when Supergirl, Zatanna and Jade went to Jesse Quick's baby shower. They didn't expect to be taken to another planet for a year or to be attacked by Flashpoint Aquaman. So what Convergence is, it seems from a logistical point of view, we know it's pretty much a downtime for DC Comics over that two-month period to move from New York to L.A., uh, to join their DC Entertainment counterparts and re, uh, like just move the whole company uh, and, and relocate to uh, the uh, Los Angeles locations. From a comic book point of view, Convergence is a, an interesting amalgamation of pre-New 52 continuity, other continuities from you know, before Flashpoint, uh, dating back to the very gold, beginning of Golden Age, as far as I understand it. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all these kinds of things, you know, play together, uh, piece together. Um, as we saw the Justice League story, you know, P- Flashpoint Aquaman is involved with what looks to be Premium 52, uh, Supergirl, Zatanna and Jade. Yeah, it's a strange thing. I mean, it almost seems like they are trying to appease people who have missed some of these characters and some of these uh, storylines and continuities. But on the other hand, they're still sticking with the line that things aren't going to change after this. So it may, I don't know if it's just a temporary visitation or if there's going to be some sort of combination at the end of this, or if they're going to come together in some way to stay or, or if, if everything's going to change back to, to pre-52, uh, pre-new 52, I don't know exactly. I, what I'm most disappointed about is the, uh, the lack of Superman inclusion in what seems to be all of the current marketing going on for Convergence. Yeah, well, we do know that it stems from Brainiac. Uh, he's created Telos, or Telos is a version of Brainiac. We're not sure exactly how that plays out. Uh, so I guess Brainiac being at the centre of it is Superman-centric in a way. Um, but we do have these other titles that we, uh, we know will come out in the second week of Convergence. Uh, Man of Steel, Superman Man of Steel will involve uh, Steel, the character. Um, and uh, it says it was, Metropolis was taken when Superman was missing, so it's up to Steel to guard the city for, from the heroes of Gen 13 in his absence. And then we have Supergirl Matrix, where what do Supergirl, Lady Quark, and Ambush Bug have in common? Well, nothing really, but that didn't stop us from sticking them together in a story. Uh, you are so welcome. Okay, and then Superboy. Uh, has Connell earned the right to be the Man of Steel? Con will have to prove his medal in battle against the Superman of Kingdom Come. But what if the only way to save Metropolis is to lose the fight? So some very interesting combinations and um, versions of different characters that we're seeing um, come into these titles, uh, it's it's got me intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. And what's interesting, too, about it is, you know, comic books don't really sell. So they oftentimes try to do these events, which I guess do improve sales for a short time. But mm. you wouldn't think that 40 new miniseries would, would sell enough that it would be worth all the trouble that they're putting into this. But they must if they're going through all the trouble of doing it. 
Yeah, well, it's uh, it's obviously uh, as I said on you know from a logistical point of view, you know the main riders need a break or whatever to move for that two month period, uh, so they can move from New York to LA is what I'm hearing. But on the other side of things, from a story point of view, it may give them an opportunity to see what works and what doesn't work as far as you know there being some you know. Um, resistance to the new 52 even though it's been nearly three years now of people wanting to see what happened to the characters before the uh flashpoint par- uh, event happened so um i guess from you know their point of view it works in in two on two fronts yeah and that that could be true and we'll see i guess how it plays out and where they where they draw the line or end the story or you know, a lot of what happened with the new, with the with the original comics, the DCU before the New Fifty Two, um, it didn't really, it didn't end. It just kind of uh, stopped and mm. this started. There wasn't like a, uh, there wasn't a, like a, a what happened to the man uh, to the man conclusion. Of, yeah, right. So I think you know, aside from people really missing the feel of comics pre New Fifty Two. I think they also kind of have this longing to find out what happened uh, to those storylines that just kind of hung there. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see. Convergence, as I say, starts April 1st with a zero issue, so a few months ago, and we'll probably hear some more details about uh, upcoming uh, issues from that uh, big event. Now, before we get into talking about particular issues uh, from this past month, uh, Smallville, the season 11 uh, comic book series, has come to an end on the digital front. Uh, there's still a few print editions to be collected of those digital chapters, but uh, it was a planned ending, as we've spoken about, I think, previously, and uh, Brian Q. Miller did a fantastic job with the series, ended it the way he planned to all along, and uh, it's sad to see it go because it was a pretty good comic book uh, series, uh, whatever you thought of the TV se- series itself. Uh, the Smallville comic book was one of uh, many digital comics that brought new readers into the idea of comic book reading. And sadly for those people, if they haven't jumped onto other titles, uh, it may be the end of their comic book reading. Well, I mean, it certainly doesn't have to be. There are plenty no. of comic books that they can continue with. And there are there are plenty that are that are digitally made in terms of fitting on your iPad or your computer screen the best. The greatest thing about that Smallville comic was that yes they released it in print afterwards but it was made specifically for digital release and they have others they have batman 66 going on now i guess there's a wonder woman either coming or is out already so uh there are you know there are ones going on there was the adventures of superman which is uh also over but this also plays into what i said before in the idea that comic books aren't selling i remember when uh the smallville comic first started uh, there was talk about how popular it was and, and how it was outselling uh, regular comics in so many ways. And um, clearly it's not still that popular or they would keep it going. You know, <clears throat> even if the guys who <clears throat> excuse me, even if the guys who have been doing it all this time wanted to stop or told the story they wanted to tell, like with other continuing series, they just hire a new creative team if it was worth it to do so. So clearly things couldn't have been going as well as they had been at one time or, or wouldn't end just like, um, most of the time TV shows don't end until it gets to a point where the ratings are so bad that they don't want it to be canceled. So they figure out a way to end it before it gets too embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with, uh, we're going to talk about Superman unchained coming up. Um, I believe it's because of the delays 
and it's because these guys want to work on other projects. But again, you could have other artists and other writers come in and work on it. But uh, Superman Unchained number nine, of course, being the series conclusion of another Superman related book. So we lost Adventures, we lost Smallville, we're, we're losing Unchained, and yet we get one or two new Batman titles every time you wake up. <laughs> well, uh, let's go on to Superman Unchained. Uh, it ended with issue number nine, uh, the series conclusion of uh, that series uh, by Scott Snyder and Jim Lee. It had many delays. Nine issues took, started in 2012, 2013, and the final chapter has a cover date of January 2014. So uh, maybe 2015, so 20, what is it, 2013, 2014, 2015. So over a three-year period, not three years in total, but in three different years, the covers have different you know the, those three different years from number one to number nine for something that was supposed to be a monthly you know it should have taken nine months or uh, even if it wasn't intended to be monthly that's a long time between some of those issues and i think some of those delays really hurt the book um they the creators say they're very happy with the way it turned out scott snyder has been in interviews saying you know it was exactly the way he wanted it to work and um for me i thought the story was was okay it wasn't fantastic for this big whiz bang you know supposed to be this standout title that we're just you know bringing about just because of these two guys want to tell this fantastic story and it's you know it's so good that we're going to give them their own title to do it in um at the end of the story i felt like superman wasn't even the hero of the story yeah me too and i also felt like it didn't really end you know, I was just talking about that the the, the pre-52 comic storylines didn't end. Uh, this was one that was supposedly planned to end in, in Unchained 9, even though we had word, I thought, at the beginning that it was an ongoing and that there was no planned ending. Uh, this was supposed to end, at least at this point, with Episode 9. They knew it was going to end. Uh, and, and here we are with a story that kind of ends lacklusterly. I mean, I guess there was this great invasion, but it wasn't even the main plot of the story. The invasion came about in, in eight out of nowhere, didn't even know it was happening. And suddenly Lex Luthor appeared and suddenly there was this invasion that they needed to send Superman up to stop and he was going to kill himself to do so. And uh, and then Wraith came out of nowhere and I thought he was trapped someplace and now he's here and apparently he's the one that's going to stop the Armada. And I think that's what happened. And then Superman crashed to Earth uh, when he kicked him back into the atmosphere. But you're right in that it didn't even seem like Superman was the hero. I don't even know who this invading force was. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what the point was. I don't know if Superman really planned to go up there and kill millions of sentient life forms that were in ships, meanwhile suiciding himself at the same time. I don't know if then that's what Wraith did. I don't know if that was Wraith or if it was one of the others because they said it was his people in ships. But in my memory, and maybe because it's taken three years, I don't remember anymore. I don't remember there being a his people that was ever talked about before that moment. Yeah, it, like I say, I, I think that the delays between the issues really hurt the story because, as you say, you can't remember what happened when it's like three months in between and you're reading so many other books in the meantime. Um, maybe when you read this as a collected trade paperback or hardcover, it may make more sense. I don't know. I hate the fact that some writers and the publishers themselves seem to be, you know, more worried about how it will read in a trade paperback collected format because it's the month-to-month -month purchases of comic books that are being harmed and they're the ones who, you know, might decide to promote it or decide to collect it. 
um, for their friends or in, in, for themselves in a collected format. Um, uh, you know, Scott Snyder is obviously very popular as far as his Batman is writing is concerned. I just thought that his formula for a Superman story just didn't work. Um, I came away feeling like he didn't want to make Superman the hero of the story because it was Wraith who was the person who did the about turn and saved Superman and everybody else. And that's not the kind of Superman that I want to read. I mean, Snyder has been on on record in interviews saying that his Superman or the Superman that he likes to write about isn't sure of himself, doesn't know what's to happen, is flying by the seat of his pants. And I guess that's fine to an extent because you don't want an omnipotent Superman who can just win with the flick of a finger. Um, you want him to be challenged, but you don't want him to be, you know, um, just pathetic. <laughs> well, I certainly didn't find him pathetic. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold on this story wise, but I did think that the, the characterization of Superman was pretty well done in this. I thought the characterization of Lex, Lex, the, the little bit that he was in, it was very well done. I thought Lois Lane was very well done. I like the, um, the uh, kind of contentious relationship that general lane and Superman had. I like the way Superman speaks in this story. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's impressive. I feel like he's inspiring. Uh, I don't love the story and I didn't love how it ended, but there were many beats, many moments. You know, it started with that building falling, I think, in China or Tokyo. Uh, it may have been Tokyo. Um, uh, and, and that was a really cool kind of uh, way that they explained how he was going to save the people in the building. And I thought that was a really cool thing we hadn't seen before. And, and I, I, I liked the art. I love the artwork. Mm. I love Jim Lee's yeah, art. me too. And so I loved a lot about this whole thing, but you're right. Uh, the story didn't come together and, and I, I just didn't, I didn't even get what really happened. I did like uh, the little description at the end and I think they may have been doing it on purpose. You know, Superman is kind of a symbol for America, you know, um, uh, justice, uh, truth, justice in the American way, whole thing, even though they've kind of tried to get away from that a little bit because maybe it's insulting or offensive to some people. Uh, but I, I thought at the end when Lex was describing who Superman was, he at the same time was describing who America was mm. and what America was in kind of a in a, in a, in a uh, separate way without saying America, you know, America takes out a dictator. And then a worse regime rises so they don't do it again. Uh, America stays out of something because they think that's what they should do based on what happened last time. And then things get worse. So then they change their approach the next time. And 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 what they are, what and this is what Superman was saying and, and what they were saying about what he was saying about Superman in this story. And I think it also applies to the whole idea of what Superman stands for, which then you know, springs back to what America stands for. And what Lex was saying was he doesn't really stand for anything. He's unsure. He doesn't, he's making decisions by the seat of his pants, as you say, but Lex actually says that in the story. Hmm. And, 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 uh, I think some, I think that was what they were trying to say about America. But at the same time, at least this person, Superman or this entity is out there doing something hmm. <clears throat> or planning something or trying something in the face of, such possible disastrous situations yep, fair and enough. hence why Superman is such a, a symbol for that idea, not necessarily any particular, uh, you know, government or, or right. governmental leader, like he might've been in the dark Knight uh, uh, return story. <laughs> uh, personally for me, I'd give this Superman unchained series a three out of five. 
Yeah, that's not that's not uh, that's not far off. I mean, um, a lot of it is because of the art. I think yeah. that uh, that that makes it really because it's very very nice to look at. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it's unfortunate that it had all those delays. And and if there was a thing where people were looking to buy their books on time and really get into something, I, I believe it's very possible that a lot of people fell off when when it just kept taking so long for it. It's like you lose interest after a while. Exactly. And you can be really excited about issue one and go, man, the artwork, man, the story, man, where they're going to take this. And then just like, I'll just buy something else. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's unfortunate. Yeah. Now, Action Comics number 36 to get into the main books for this uh, month uh, begins the Horrorville story. And uh, I've got to say, uh, this past month's November's comic books uh, all seem to be starting on a new track, and that seems to be um, relevant since they all have a January 2015 cover date, so a new year of of stories. Uh, I was very impressed with most of the comics from November. Uh, Action Comics number 36 was pretty good. It was interesting in that it's a bit of a mystery, Um, and, you know, we see... It's a bit of a horror story at the same time, and we see Lana uh, and Steel very heavily involved in this story, but more from a Lana point of view. And uh, it's got a, a weird track to it because we see this villain who is a very ugly-looking thing. <laughs> Listen, on his planet... He's attractive. From his dimension, wherever he's from, he looks good, he's and we're ugly. What, what uh, I don't know. Um, I find it uh, very weird. <laughs> very, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, boy. It just, I hate to keep saying dark, and that's not really the word I want, but a very just um, dark. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a down um, story. Yeah. I mean, uh, her parents are dead. She hates Superman anyway, and... Uh, and, and now we got this, you know, someone, someone kind of pushing it in her face to make things even worse. And I feel like that the end of the last story, uh, thirty-five, where Horrorville kind of was teased, she was really in the cemetery, and and two normal-sized hands came out of the ground, and that that was actually happening. Then the, the this story starts, and, and and what we get is her waking up. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit of a kind of tease that didn't really happen. Right. So that was I was a little bothered by that at first, but it is weird because it seems like I, I guess from the point that we first meet the other outside town folk, they've already been taken over by whatever this is. Mm. Because then at the end, we see them say, you know, what's more interesting is is what he's going to do when he finds out about us. Right. Um, in other words, they know already, and yep. he's out there flying it. around in circles trying to get out of this thing and, and can't do it. Uh, I like the beard. I, th- I said this last yeah. month. I wish he had the beard uh, in other stories, although he does have it in Supergirl, which is weird. Um, but I guess that um, Doom story is still kind of on everybody's minds in those storylines, but it seems like it's not in some of the others. So I, I don't know exactly, as we've said almost every month, I don't know exactly where the continuity is or what time we're at in most of the books, but at least some of them are still seemingly connected yeah, yeah. around some time or another. Uh, I, I thought that Lana, you know, Lana annoyed me in last in the last thing because clearly it wasn't Superman's fault that they died, you know. Um, 
but she blamed him and, and wanted to say how bad he was and she hated him or whatever. And and she kind of continues that here. And I'm kind of like, you know what? You're getting some karma here. So maybe you should just like shut your mouth and like <laughs> be thankful and whatever, because you're annoying me. And if you annoy me, uh, evil demons come out and uh, take over your dead parents <laughs> and right. they start flaunting them at you. Yeah, um, I wish they hadn't killed. Yeah. Well, well of course. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't be really? Um, I wish they hadn't have killed Lana's parents. I feel it's, as you say, dour, uh, and it's a real downer of a story. And it's, it, it continues that line that the new 52 seems to really want to continue, and that is that everybody's parents got to be dead. You know, Flash's mom was murdered. It just seems like it's a, a thing that they want to do now, and I don't know why. You know, Batman always had that thing. His parents were murdered in front of him, and that's why he went so dark and so... Um, um, you know, unhappy in his whole life. But that doesn't mean everybody has to have that. You know, Peter Parker had his Uncle Ben murdered, so he became Spider-Man. But let's not let's not turn everybody into everybody else. We don't, yeah. everybody doesn't need to have the same horrible story. Yep. And it seems like any of these CW shows, it's always, well, then when my mom died and my dad left and I was orphaned for the ninth time, I, it just, it's very, everything is very like, Derivative. Just over dramatic and 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 just everybody has to have a horrible history. Right. So I wish they hadn't have done that. And and I I liked John Henry when he was um, construction worker who was so grateful to Superman that he became a superhero as opposed to, I guess, this hot stuff Sorry. character who's already uh, having very pretty explicit sexual relations with Lana and it seemed to happen pretty quickly. I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's playing to, you know, current sensibilities, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it's, you know, it, it's the beginning of a story. It'll be interesting to see. There's a bit of a mystery involved. Why can't Superman get out of Smallville? You know, he seems, I, I thought it was interesting, that scene of him speeding past them, you know, so many times in an effort to, to break the, the barrier this energy barrier that he's stuck in. Originally, he couldn't get into the city, and then he broke through, but now that it's become stronger, he can't break out. So I guess it's better for him that he's there to be able to solve the mystery than being on the outside, unable to get in to help those in, involved. Uh, so we'll wait for Action Comics number 37 to see how the Horrorville story continues. I can see already from Lana's point of view in the next book, it'll be... Uh... Clark, damn it, if you hadn't flown around us so fast so many times, my hair would still be in place. I hate you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see if that takes place in the next issue. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, <laughs> Batman Superman number 16. Uh, this story I really liked. It had a really lot of heart into it. Um, and it in introduces a new foe, a new villain for Superman that is something that we really haven't seen. I'm, I'm sure we've seen similar villains before. I think uh, Ruin comes a little bit to mind. But uh, it's a, a psychological villain in that he's getting to Superman's um, family or the people that he likes and people who he inspires. Uh, and the attack on the um, the man who dressed up as Superman to go and um, visit with sick children in the hospital. That was evil. It was, indeed. Uh, it reminds me a little of Conduit as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I love this story. Um, yeah. I was teary at the end. 
even though it was Lex Luthor, some woman I didn't know, and uh, 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 I forget the other one, but uh, oh, uh, General Lane, I think it might have been. Uh, yeah, uh, scrolling to the end of the book. Uh, people yeah, that, like... first of all, uh, aren't friends. <laughs> uh, I don't know who the woman is, but Lex Luthor is his greatest enemy, and uh, probably we're better off if he is dead. Not, not that Superman thinks that way, but it, it was interesting that his first foray into hurting Superman was to kill two of his enemies and some woman I never heard of or never saw before. Yeah, I don't know I if you recognize her. She looks but, like... Uh, um, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, it doesn't... I don't know. I... But I was teary because it was very dramatic. It was very emotional. I thought it was done really well. I love the cover. Uh, and I love most of the art inside. I like, I like how Crypto's helping with the whales at the beginning. That was funny. I love, and, uh, uh, I love how the kid uh, in the uh, when the real Batman comes, yeah. and, <laughs> and he he pretty much takes the Mickey out of Batman. Yeah, I, I like how he's like uh, Superman. Maybe we should get back to work. Yeah, Superman. Maybe we should get back to work. And he like, they echo. He echoes it. He wasn't really mocking him. He was actually admiring him. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and then, of course, Superman um, got got taken in by the, the, the kids and, and, and Batman wanted him to stop. But they actually figured out more about it by, uh, by Superman uh, kind of being involved with the kids. I, I, this was another that was kind of like very um, violent and depressing um, the way things went down. I, I did have a question, though. Are the kids dumb or are they just sick? Because I... I couldn't figure it out when big fat Superman was there with red hair and got shot. When the real Superman came, they were like, Oh, when you got shot, I didn't think it was ketchup on your shirt. You know, like, well, I guess it just, that's the innocence of being a kid. Just, I see. They look like they were that little. Yeah. <laughs> like my daughter's four and she would know if, if I came in the room and then somebody else came in dressed like me, that it wasn't me. Well, I guess it's like this, the whole uh, Santa Claus thing. You see a person dressed up as Santa Claus and doesn't matter how big or how small he is or what his beard looks like, he's still Santa Claus. And so to little kids, um, I guess it's just it's Superman because it's, he's wearing the costume. Um, but they are definitely sick. The one, you know, one kid's got an IV drip. Another one's got a patch in the back of his skull. that He looks like he's had a tumor removed or something along those lines. And they got cannulas in their arms so they're obviously sick children in hospital for different reasons but um yeah uh, and i get what you're saying i mean he's obviously a chubby you know fat superman but um you know the innocence of childhood okay well i'll take that i guess yeah. i was actually just trying to make a joke but i i thought it was a little far-fetched that that was what was going on but um i did love the story and i did i don't know if you noticed i thought in several of the close-ups of superman's face he looked a lot like Henry Cavill in this. Uh, yeah, the nose this. was a little bit different to the way we've seen Superman drawn. Uh, the the facial features definitely uh, were a little bit different to what we've uh, come to see before. But um, it, uh, yeah, I like the artwork in this story, and I thought it was again another great introduction chapter to a new story, a new villain, and I'm really interested to see where this is headed. Uh, I thought it was a, a great start to um, the Nemesis. Uh, what is it called? The Nemesis Objective. Yes. Oh, it's Super like Superman's Joker. It's yeah, Superman's Joker. That's that's kind of a cool, uh, yeah, cool little spin on that. So uh, and then we have uh, going. you know uh, Superman Wonder Woman thirteen, I guess uh, to talk about uh, next. Yeah, and, and uh, go for we it. have Atomic Skull and Major Disaster uh, hanging out in there. 
yeah, uh, this was um, a story that I still enjoyed. Uh, it wasn't one of the better of of uh, this month. Um, there's a, a flashback to when they first met. Uh, they, you know, going back to when the uh, apocalypse invasion took place, when the Justice League origin story happened. Uh, it was interesting to see Clark uh, using an old typewriter, uh, Hemingway's typewriter, as I understand it, uh, that was given to him as um, a birthday gift from Bruce Wayne. Uh, and uh, he's trying to write a story, and Diane, Diana's obviously you know, impatient to, for them to get out and go out on, on the town. And uh, again, one of their dates are interrupted, as you say, by the atomic skull and major disaster. And um, it was a passable story. Yeah, I mean, I was okay with it. I enjoyed the, uh, again, I thought the artwork was really good. Yeah. Um, and, and since comics are such a visual storytelling form, artwork's pretty important. That's why I'm um, generally pretty unhappy with the Superman book right now. But uh, Coloring in this was great. Yeah, uh, and, and and purple. It's just a, yeah, the lightning, the the you know I don't I'm not familiar with Major Disaster really, other than to hear the the jokey kind of sounding name. But um, uh, maybe he's been in Superman books yeah, before. But I'm he was I'm not something else earlier. Oh right, because he changed. It. Oh no, I go by a different name now. Major Disaster. You know, uh, uh, but I, I thought it was weird too that these two kind of. Z-list villains were able to so easily take out Superman and Wonder Woman, and that this uh, stranger from somewhere was had to step in and uh, Wonder Star. Yeah, you know, Wonder Star. Yes. Well, uh, I think the villains do mention that their benefactor has up there. Uh, he's given them these boots for one, but I think they've their powers have maybe been upped a little bit uh, from what I was what I gathered from the story, which made them a little bit more powerful than maybe Superman and Wonder Woman were expecting. Well, that's possible. They also attacked him from behind. They didn't really know yeah. that they were there, I guess. But uh, you got a guy with super hearing who can see through everything. You'd think he'd see them before he got well, there. But That's uh, the distraction know, that of being on a date. Spoils some of the drama, I guess. <laughs> and again, we see in this story the 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 extreme difference in personalities yes. between Superman and, and Wonder Woman and, and why a lot of people say it's just a, a relationship that wouldn't work. Um, I, I think it, I think it works for other reasons, but yeah, I mean, they are very different in personality. And even at, at this point in time, um, she's very, she's still very warrior like and not that interested in being the human side <sighs> of things. Yeah. In any way, really? No. Yeah, which so, I see. I mean, opposites do attract, but it does seem to be a sticking point in most of their stories. So uh, it could be their undoing. But uh, again, this story uh, it seems to be the beginning of uh, a new tale in the uh, ongoing Superman Wonder Woman comic. So we wait to see what Wonder Star does and uh, what's what he's got in, in store for Superman and Wonder Woman. Who do you think this Wonder Star is? No idea. Some throwaway hero that will probably turn into a villain <laughs> well he did say he would kill them that's if right they had hurt to one woman in that superman too bad uh i heard a theory that uh it might be wonder woman and superman's child from the future oh okay that's an interesting one that's yeah. yeah didn't think of that could be possibility you know it has wonder in the name and kind of has superman's looks in a way but he does look a little manic yeah um, 
when you look at his face. And of course, the dialogue helps to make him seem more manic. <laughs> so uh, that's Superman Wonder Woman number 13. Uh, we move now into Supergirl number 36. Uh, again, a new, the beginning of a new story. Uh, we have new writers uh, come on board to take on Supergirl uh, with number 36, uh, introducing her to the Crucible Academy. I didn't count the pages, but I felt like this book went by much more quickly than the other books. Like I, I felt like I was on the first page where Clark goes to see her, and then I was on the last page, and I was, what happened to the... I mean, it was a complete story. I, I, I mean... Yeah, I didn't feel like something was missing, but it just went. But yeah, it went by really fast. The uh, um, first half of the book is uh, is dialogue heavy. Um, the the whole chat with Clark and uh, and that is uh, is quite um, you know uh, word heavy. But then the second half of the book is very action orientated, and you've got you know the three different tests that she goes through. Uh, which are all kind of quick reads, you know, because they're quick fights and there isn't much dialogue in them except for oohs and ahs and, you know, uh, different, um, you know, quick whips and stuff like that. So it is a quick read, but uh, again, it's uh, interesting, a new take on uh, a new chapter for Supergirl, uh, her going to uh, this Crucible Academy, which is, I guess, like a Hogwarts for superheroes. Um, and the final page... With uh, well, I won't spoil it, but the final page was very interesting because it reintroduces a character that I thought we'd seen the end of. Yeah, I mean, that's who I assume it is. Uh, I was going to ask you what you thought, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it certainly looks like. That's where they're going with that. Mm. Um, a much different um, kind of attitude than what we've seen previously. Um, well, I think the giveaway in uh, who it is is at the very beginning of the book where they talk about Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, Supergirl based on the characters created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, and Superboy created by Jerry Siegel by a special arrangement with the Jerry Siegel family. Oh, you might have just ruined the, what you were trying not to ruin there. But um, <laughs> well, I'm sure people have read it by now. I didn't read that, so I, I, uh, I didn't notice that. So if I had noticed that, then I guess I would have. I mean, I, I took it as the story gave it to me, and I, I that's why I assumed it was by reading it. Yep. Um, but I did not read that that little credit at the beginning. Um, so I didn't get that. But I do find it interesting that it's a much calmer kind of he's with monks. Right, yes. Um, so it's, again, with the attitude is much, much more toned down from from the I want to kill everything and break everything that, that it was before. Uh, so that's good. I mean, I guess. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see yeah. how that goes. And I love that Clark went to see her. Yes. Um, I love that he made that little joke uh, about her being a barista and all that. Um, but I wish that it wasn't always just a tease that ended in uh, get away from me. I need to run my own life. Okay. Yeah. Sorry kind of thing um it's like i said before i feel like clark should really be more a part of her life instead of these red rings and crucible academies and you know uh uh, uh, uh ban siobhan uh <laughs> i i i feel like it should be clark training her and helping her and teaching her and learning from her and and you know together as opposed to so far apart on this. Yeah. And I know they want to keep them separate. And we've talked about this before. I'm probably rehashing. But I know 
she needs to be in her own story and they don't want her to be secondary to Superman in her own book. But I just feel like there should be more family togetherness on this as opposed to it just being, oh, look, he's here because he cares about her. Okay, he's gone. Yeah, I think it was uh, very much a um, a token gesture of let's make sure these two touch base with each other, but then Supergirl's going off on her own and, you know, we've we've done the token gesture of having Superman come in, checking on, checking on her, uh, make sure they're okay with each other, but, yes, they want to live their separate lives and that's done. Let's move on. Uh, right. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. It would be nice to see a story where the two of them got to spend time together and learn from each other and train with each other or whatever the case might be rather than just, you know, I mean, the only time we saw something along those lines was the return to Krypton story, but they were all shifted off into various eras of Krypton and weren't really working together. So it kind of didn't really work the way uh, the way you've mentioned. So we'll, I guess maybe down the track, different writers may uh, touch back on that at some stage. But uh, for Supergirl, it's uh, a new chapter, a new story, and we'll wait and see how the Crucible Academy treats her. But then in Unchained, which of course is a different continuity altogether, mm. they're there side by side several times, and there's no explanation for it, and there's no reason why they came together or how they came from their separate storylines to get there. Or it, so it's Batman, Superman as well. They're saving the orcas together with Steel and Crypto. Yeah, right. That, that might have been what I was thinking of. But yeah. uh, you know, this story and Supergirl thirty six for me, the best parts were the beginning with Clark. And the very last page, mm. I didn't care about the other stuff. Right. And that's bad when it's supposed to, to be up. the story about Supergirl. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, no. let's, uh, we'll wait and see where the following chapters take Kara as she uh, continues on with her, uh, well, I guess her studies at the Crucible Academy. Um, Superman number 36 is out the day this is released. So we spoke about Superman 35 in our previous podcast. So we don't have a Superman title to talk about this time around, but we'll obviously get to that in next month's show. I'll give you a preview. Man, this art sucks. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably what we will be saying. <laughs> uh, before we move into the big question segment of the show, I need to make mention that our 2014 Shield Awards are open for votes uh, the Shield Awards are now in their 14th year. Uh, it's your chance to get involved and have your say on Superman comic books and family of the Superman comic books with a 2014 cover date. Um, some things like favourite writer, best artist, best cover is always a good one, um, best storylines, all those kinds of things are there in the different 11 categories. There's also, also categories for um, best appearance in alternative media, such as movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, best uh, merchandising things, you know, statues, action figures, toys. Uh, so there are categories outside the comic books. Uh, we don't have any TV categories this year because uh, we no longer have Smallville or Young Justice to vote on. Uh, hopefully next year with Supergirl TV series and possibly a Krypton TV series, we may add new categories for our 2015 Shield Awards. But... The voting is now open for the 2014 Shield Awards, and by voting you do go into the draw to win a copy of Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham, the video game, uh, which obviously involves Superman and the other Justice League characters. So uh, there is an incentive there to get involved with our 14th annual Shield Awards. I got my imaginary pin that says, I voted. Make <laughs> sure you get one too. Yes. Uh, uh, and now I think it's time for our big question. 
let's start with the big question. Last month's big question was, what are your thoughts on the whole Batman being taller than Superman issue for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice? We gave our thoughts last month when we uh, posed the question, and we have your responses now. Who do we have first, Scotty? Dave Booth said, I say go for it. Let him be as big as Nod. No matter, he's just a dude. Cal will show him some Krypton, uh-oh, ass-whooping. Am I allowed to say that on <laughs> yes. here? Okay. Uh, fair enough. Thanks, Dave. Very succinct. I agree. I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter how big he is, really. Uh, Guthrie McLean writes in. He says, in the animated series, I felt the writers tried every way to make Batman look better than Superman. Supes needed to be saved from kryptonite, and he looked like the brawn to Batman's brain. Others talk about Supes being too perfect. Batman is wealthy, a genius, has all the cars, and now he has to be taller than Supes. I can't easily relate to Bats as I can to Supes. Supes should not look up to Batman. Superman is supposed to set the shining example. They are just trying to make Batman look cooler. Fair enough, Guthrie. I can understand your feelings. Yeah, it's a number one of my... I mean, it's another one of my thoughts. You know, yeah. give him Batman, he just kind of gets everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in defense of the series, you know, the Batman animated series was around much longer and, and before the Superman animated yeah. series. So he was what he was. And after that he already was their favorite and i've heard them say it on uh, many interviews that that batman was everybody's favorite and everybody wanted to work on batman and mm. superman just came later uh we also have hector who wrote it doesn't bother me one bit i just want to see the two battle it out fair enough hector again very straight to the point uh nick nicholson writes in he says that's a very comic book name isn't it uh, he says, hi, guys. Firstly, just wanted to say thanks for the site, the podcast, and the speeding bulletin each week. You both do a great job on keeping us up to date with all things Superman. It's much appreciated. Well, thanks, Nick. Mm, indeed. He says, with regard to the big question, I feel that while a young Superman could have looked up to an older Batman in terms of an experienced crime fighter, I'm not so sure about the focus seemingly being solely focused on a height difference. It just seems a little silly. Yeah, the height difference thing is what bothered me, but... Um, it's. I mean, he shouldn't be looking up to him as a crime fighter either, I don't think. I mean, Superman, you know, would be respectful, but um, I don't think they intend for him to look up to him as a father figure or as an older brother kind of thing. I think it's more of a height difference, and that seems a bit silly, as Hector said. I agree, although oh, I Nick, did sorry. read into it that way when, uh, uh, when it was said... Uh, uh, initially, yeah. when it was mentioned that way, Batman should look up to Superman. Uh, or uh, <laughs> that's that's me. That's the way I feel. Uh, but what they had said was he should look up to Batman, and I did take it that way, both literally and uh, physically, because he's he's going to be taller than him in actuality. But I also took it on a uh, kind of uh, father figure type right. level as well. Argent L wrote, "Hey Steve, Scotty." Batman may be physically taller in this art incarnation, but Superman is always awesome. So keep your couple of inches of height and your fancy bat belts. Somebody else has intelligence, invulnerability, heart, strength, flight, heat vision, super speed, super hearing, microscopic vision, x-ray vision, freeze breath, and he never gives up. I don't think I'm biased here. The facts speak for themselves. Hear, hear. I couldn't have said it better, Argent. There you go. Jeremy Petrovich, uh, Petrovich sent in uh, his answer as an audio file. So let's hear what Jeremy had to say right now. Hey, Steve. Hey, Scotty. This is Jeremy Petrovich answering the big question for this month. Uh, I really don't think that it's going to make much of a difference that Ben Affleck is a couple inches taller than Henry Cavill. When you're watching movies, t- typically if two actors are you know, within a couple inches of each other, you're, you're not really going to notice too much of a difference. Like 
Michael Caine is, uh, I think, two inches taller than Christian Bale. And I didn't really notice the height difference in any of the Batman movies. And I think the ratio is the same between Cavill and Affleck. Uh, and besides, does it really matter that Batman is technically taller than Superman? Because, I don't know, I think I'd rather be able to fly around the world and shoot fire out of my eyes and lift up an aircraft carrier rather than uh, be three inches taller than an alien that could do all that stuff. And I think that this was probably only mentioned in that interview because he just wanted to create a headline for a few websites so they would create more interest for Batman versus Superman. Um, but I'm not really concerned about it. It doesn't matter much to me. I care more about things like how, you know, like the chemistry between the two, basic plot points of the story. It'll tick me off if it, Batman seems to be able to save the day when Superman can't, because I don't think that's really the case. But uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter too much, and it was pretty much just a marketing ploy, in my opinion. And, you know, whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> so thanks for the great podcast, and look forward to listening to you guys. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, very well said. Uh, always great to get an audio answer. That's right. Donovan Hunter, who uh, was speaking to me recently and mentioned that uh, he thought he had heard that Henry Cavill had wrapped filming. Uh, I hadn't heard anything like that, so we'll see what, what comes of that. But he also wrote on this question, he says, it's not Ben Affleck's fault he's taller than Henry Cavill. I think we should stop pointing out every little detail of this movie that comes out in March 2016. Otherwise, we're not going to enjoy it. Well, Fair enough, Donovan, but to be fair, we didn't point it out. Uh, it was um, the producer of the movie um, who pointed it out and made made an issue of it. So, um, you know, it's not us who's doing it. Yes, there were quotes and sound bites and things yeah, of them actually exactly. talking about how apparently important it was. Yep, uh, Ryan Day wrote, I don't see it being a big issue as such, but I can not I can see why hardcore Superman fans are pretty pissed about it as Superman is Superman, and being more powerful, he should be a larger, more posing figure. But given Batman is human, after all, I'll let him have the being taller card over Superman. It doesn't affect Superman, really. After all, Superman could just hover over anyone and be even more opposing, LOL. Great job, guys. Love listening to your podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Yes. David Landon wrote, unless Batman is going to be as tall as Shaquille O'Neal and Superman is going to be the size of Deep Roy, this whole hype controversy is really a non-issue. I'm really more interested in the quality of the story than in a slight height difference between the principal characters. Yeah, agreed, David. And again, we're more interested in the story as well. Uh, it was just, again, an interview that pointed out that they specifically wanted Ben Affleck. And plus, who's Deep Roy? Yeah, no idea. Okay. No idea. We'll have to Google it. Yeah, it's real important. It is. I'll check it out. I'll okay. check it out later. Oh, you can check it out while I'm reading Patrick's answer. Okay. Uh, Patrick wrote, uh, Patrick O'Neill, that is, when I first heard about it, I didn't really bother, it didn't really bother me if Affleck was taller than Cavill. However, after hearing Charles Roven's comments about how they wanted Superman to look up to Batman, that irked me to no end. I took that as they wanted Superman to be looking at Batman as a superior or inspiration. If anything, Batman should be looking to Superman as inspiration. But what do I know? I'm just a Superman fan. It's all about Batman, apparently. Anyways, love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Patrick. Yes. Gurdeep Roy, sometimes credited as Roy Deep, Gordeep Roy, or Deep Roy, is a Kenyan-born Indian actor, stuntman, and puppeteer. 
Due to his diminutive size, he's appeared in a number of similar size roles, such as the Oompa Loompas in Charlie oh, and the Chocolate okay. Factory, Kingser in Star Trek, and television series such as the X-Files and Eastbound and Down. So yes. there you go. Yeah, you <laughs> now you know. Now and you know. Knowing is half the battle. That's it. All right, what's our new big question for this month, Scotty? Our new big question is... Uh, it's actually a request from Kathy via Facebook. She'd like to know people's opinions on the role of Lois Lane and other supporting characters in fleshing out Superman Clark Kent's character. Um, Kathy says, my personal opinion for what it's worth, having Lois, Martha, Jonathan, Lana regularly in Clark's life helps keeps him grounded, relatable, and helps him to focus his attention on what the right thing to do is by the human race. I, for one, have been missing Lois in the New 52. Wonder Woman or Kara cannot possibly fill the same role. The out-of-this-world space Superman is not my favorite take on the character. Plus, I don't think that it's believable he can be so in control of using his powers for good, making wise decisions without reference to anyone else, as seems to have happened in many Superman stories of late. Kal-El may not be human, but he is a social being. Like us, he needs others to keep him on the straight and narrow. Plus, everyone loves a good Clark using the powers on the sly moment, don't they? Mm. Very good, Kathy. Well, thank you for that request for the new big question. So, now we want to hear everybody else's thoughts on why they think, or what they think about the importance of the role of Lois Lane and other supporting characters in fleshing out Superman Clark Kent's character. Get involved with the Big Question segment of the show by clicking on the uh, Big Question button found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. You can also record an audio file and send that to us as an MP3 file. All the instructions are there on the Big Question segment or Big Question page of the Radio KL website page. Now it is time for the Superman comedy sketch. Yeah, we uh, have another video that we've uh, taken the audio from. It's a Saturday Night Live comedy sketch. Uh, it involves Christopher Reeve, uh, and it's a comedy sketch uh, poking fun at or looking at, from their point of view, the 1977 auditions for the role of Superman. It comes down to uh, three guys, and uh, it's a, a quite a funny sketch. Uh, it works as an audio sketch just listening to it but if you prefer you can uh, look for it on youtube uh, it's a saturday night live sketch 1977 superman auditions here is the audio from that sketch look uh, rachel tell the uh, sulkin brothers i'm going to be a little late for that meeting all right all right no problem see if you can make it around five o'clock it's going to last a little while all right send in that final three will you okay <clears throat> Okay, we're ready for you. Come on in. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you all for coming back. You've been very patient. As you know, we've auditioned thousands of actors for the role of Superman, and we've narrowed it down to you three. So, one of you will be our new Man of Steel. Now, I'd like to introduce you to the man who will be directing the picture. This is Richard Donner. And he would like to see all of you together, you know, to compare you and so on before he makes his final decision. Okay? Mr. Donner, uh, my name's Corey Meredith, and I'd just like to say I've seen all your films. I'm a big fan of yours. Well, I think we found our Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, why don't we uh, start with you? You're, um... Uh, Christopher Reed. Okay, Chris. All uh, right, let's try uh, page 37, all right? 
Rachel, can you read Lois for me, please? Surely. <laughs> Action. I've lived in Metropolis all my life. Where are you from? <clears throat> well, actually, Miss Lane, I come from a place very far away, a planet called Krypton. Okay, that's very nice. Thank you. Sit down. Okay, <laughs> uh, you are who? Peter Blake. Okay, Peter, uh, sing lines, please. Ready? Action. I've lived in Metropolis all my life. Where are you from? Well, actually, Miss Lane, I come from a place very far away, a planet called Krypton. Thank you. Corey Meredith? Yes, yes, I know you're Corey. Go ahead. Action. I've lived in Metropolis all my life. Where are you from? Well, actually, Miss Lane, I come from a place so very far away. I come from a planet called Krypton. Yes. <laughs> Sit down. All right, that was very nice. Thank you very much. Now I'd like you to try the uh, scene on page, let's see, 90, I think it is. This is where the mugger shoots Clark Kent, and he catches the bullet in his teeth. Chris, would you like to start? Sure. <clears throat> Ready? Action. Careful, Clark. He has a gun. Stand back, Lois. I'll protect you. <laughs> Broke the window. <laughs> Mr. Donner? What? I'm really sorry about that. It, it bounced off my teeth. But I, I know that I can do this. Could I try again? All right, all right, all right, all right. Come on. Here. I'll protect you. I'll protect you. <clears throat> okay, I'm ready. Action. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Two, it's two windows. Uh, Mr. Donner, see, that one bounced off my chin. Yes, Listen, yes. I know I can do this. Look, look. I was practicing with my roommate all day. I, I can. I caught it every time. I know I can do this. Look, Chris, you're probably just a little nervous. Why don't you just sit down, okay? Sure. Okay, Peter, are you ready? <laughs> and action! Careful, Clark. He has a gun. Stand back, Lois. I'll protect you. <laughs> Very nice work. Uh, where did you train? New York, Stellar Adler. Very good. <laughs> okay, Corey, let's try the same lines. Have it memorized. Action. Careful, Clark. He has a gun. Stand back, Lois. I'll protect you. to you two. Okay, let's uh, let's go right to page 118. This is where you take the lump of coal and squeeze it into a diamond. Okay, Chris, you want to try it? Sure. <clears throat> and action. I'll be glad to pay for the damages. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Chris, whoa, whoa, come on now. I think you're squeezing too hard. You liquefied uh, the thing. Uh, oh, oh. Here, here, sorry, here. Man. You got to, Chris, Chris, take even pressure. 
Very nice. Excellent job, excellent job. It's very good, Peter. Excuse me, did I mention that I played in the Seagull at the Berkshire Theater Festival? <laughs> yeah, we have your resume. Okay, now I want to go to page 153, all right? Now, this is where you melt Lex Luthor's phone with your heat vision. Right. All right, Chris, let's start with you. Okay. You can melt this pay phone right here, all right? Sure. You ready? <clears throat> Action. I'm sorry, Lex, but that phone is out of order. Oh, oh sorry. The phone! Sorry. I said the phone! Why did you go? Congratulations, you're our new man of steel. No. Yes, you are. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah listen, I'm gonna wanna get you down to costumes right away. We're going out on location next week, so. Oh, next week? No, yes. I, I, I can't do that. Why not? <clears throat> I got a call back on a dial soap commercial. Oh. <laughs> really, you can't get out of it? Thanks. Thanks a lot, anyway. Well. Well, we got a look at this idiot here. Oh. Your name again? Uh, Christopher Reeves, sir. Congratulations, Chris. Oh, thank you, Mr. Donner. You are new man of steel. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, listen to me. You're going to have to work on catching those bullets. Right. right, I understand. I will, Mr. Donner. I'll, I'll start right now. Rachel, do you mind? We could All practice. Right, let's practice right now. Okay. It'll, yeah. it'll be a pleasure, Superman. Oh, all right. <laughs> Come on. Open your mouth. Well, they have it. Pretty funny stuff. It's nice um, just to find these old videos with Christopher Reeve in them. And, yeah. You know, think about the time when, you know, he was Superman and when he was, uh, you know, uh, on, you know, people were looking to have him on shows because yeah. he was playing such a big character. It's uh, it's fun. It's nostalgic. And it's always neat to see. Obviously, we were too young uh, on release of Superman or I was to to appreciate this at the time. But uh, very nice now. Yeah, very cool. Uh, we're, we're lucky to live in a time we do where we can check out these old clips at the click of a button uh, on YouTube. So uh, that was our comedy sketch for this month. And uh, we move now into the super secret soundbite. Only one thing alive, less than four legs, can hear this frequency. Last show's sound come from the Identity Crisis episode of Superman, the animated series. Yeah, we had... Uh, that sound from that Identity Crisis episode, and here it is, just so you can relive what that sound was. Superman saved Lois. There it was, and we had eight people guess that sound correctly. Who were they, Scotty? Uh, they were David Huang, uh, Jeremy Crawford, Fred Walsh, Hector, Mario Benici, Luke Lizaldi, Donovan Hunter, and Patrick O'Neill. Yeah, congratulations to those eight people for guessing it right. Here's our new super secret soundbite. See if you can guess where in the world of Superman it comes from. For an all-powerful alien, you think like a small-town farm boy. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite's entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Uh, if we read the name of Scotty V next week, uh, <laughs> then that'll be a first. Oh, well, you know, I think it came from the pilot episode of uh, Supergirl, which, of course, has already been filmed and will be airing any time. Wow. An advanced sneak peek. There you go. Yeah. So, well, uh, who would get it other than you, Steve? If, well, if, you. If, if you couldn't have it, an advanced oh. sneak peek. 
who else? I mean, who are they going to give it to? No one gets it then if you don't. No. Well, then no one got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that is our super secret soundbite. Uh, we look forward to reading your names out uh, to hear you correctly guess it for next month's show. Uh, let's move into the Superman song segment. This month's Superman song is Lois Lane by 17-year-old Tay Brooks from his debut AP titled On My Own. Check him out at Facebook.com, Tay Brooks. That's T-A-E, Brooks. Yep. Uh, we thank him for allowing us to use his Lois Lane song here on Radio KAL. Here it is, Lois Lane by Tay Brooks. Steel. And I don't need no armor 
you have it. That's the song. And that is our show. Uh, another good one. We're getting in towards the end of uh, 2014. Um, remember, if there is a topic that you think Scotty and I need to discuss, if there's a song you'd like to request us play, a comedy sketch, we always need those because we've been pretty light lately. Uh, any suggestions for this show, you can contact us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. You can send an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can contact Scotty. His is scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we'll be happy to receive your suggestions to use them possibly in a future show. Our next podcast will be released slightly earlier because uh, the last Wednesday of December uh, will be December 31st, New Year's Eve, and I'm sure Scotty and I will have better things to do that week. Not that this isn't an important thing to do, but uh, family and holidays and stuff obviously will get in the way. So we may be releasing a little bit early. We'll uh, let you know exactly when that will happen for the December show. But for now, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Steve, and thanks, everybody. Remember, when it's darkest and when you think things won't get better, always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com.